0: The Viewpoint on SAFM.
1: Welcome back. It's uh, eight minutes past nine on uh, SAFM. You're listening to The Viewpoint. I'm I'm in for Songheza today. We are about to be with in conversation with Eva Skowronska. Uh, she is the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association. And we'll also have Nomsilo uh, Kanyile joining us. She has received care at a hospice before. And uh, this year, uh, no, the reason why, why we're having that conversation is because uh, it's Hospice Week. Hospice Hospice Week takes place from the 3rd to the 10th of May. It's the 3rd of May, of course, today. And uh, this year's Hospice Hospice Week sees a focus on the role of partnerships in providing support and care for people with life-threatening illnesses. It seeks to recognize, share, and celebrate achievements of both hospices and palliative care programs together with uh, their partners. So we're going to have that conversation with the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association HPCA Evaskov Roska and Nomsilo Kanyile who has received care at a hospice and if uh, you also uh, know of somebody who is at a hospice or have been at a hospice yourself you can uh, call us on 011714 2006 or you can WhatsApp us on 061410 4107 so that we can hear your story We'll have that conversation in a short while.
0: You are listening to KG Mueketi on SFM.
1: It's uh, 10 past 9 on uh, The Viewpoint on SAFM. It's uh, Health on Monday time, and uh, today we're talking the fact that it's Hospice Week. And this this year's Hospice Week is taking place from today, the 3rd to the 10th of May, and it sees a focus on the role of partnerships in providing support and care for people with life-threatening illnesses. It seeks to recognize, to share, and to celebrate achievements of both hospices and palliative care programs together, of course, with their partners. The hospice, the hospice Palliative Care Association, HPCA, is actively involved in raising awareness of palliative care and what services hospices offer, as well as working with government and other organizations to make these services more financially sustainable and accessible to all while joint by Ava Skovronska, CEO of HPCA and uh, later on the, on the conversation will be joined also by Nomsilo Kanile who was nursed back to health while she was at a hospice. Ava, good evening, thank you so much for your time. What do you hope to educate uh, the public about during this hospice week?
2: Thank you very much for having me first of all, it's a pleasure. Um, What we want to educate the public of is what is the palliative care, number one, because I think it's a very misunderstood concept. Palliative care um, starts with the diagnosis diagnosis of life-threatening illness, and the main goal of palliative care is to increase the quality of life while living with those illnesses. Mm. People often think that this is the only end of life, and that's why they associate hospices with death and that's why they don't want to reach out to hospices and receive care from them, which is really uh, a pity because hospices have been providing palliative care for the last three decades, and we're experts in, um, in provision of that care. So the care that we provide is provided holistically. So it combines clinical care with focus on symptoms control and pain, of course, but also psychosocial, spiritual bereavement care. And we care both for patients and their family from the very, very beginning. Uh, So so it is very, very misunderstood concept. And I think COVID um, uncovered a lot of the needs of holistic care. Mm. So people have been isolated from their families and loved ones and in the hospitals. And I think this is what we're trying to... Uh, avoiding palliative care. We're trying to make sure that the patient is cared where the patient wants to be. So that's why we provide 94% of our services actually at patient's home when they can be supported by the family and surrounded by family.
1: That is fascinating because so, I didn't know that uh, hospice care can be or palliative care can be provided at home because you're right the perception does exist that when somebody is going to a hospice and again it, the perception is you go there they don't come to you and you you, you go there to die. So when you Absolutely s- and this is completely wrong
2: mm. because uh, because in fact uh, 60% of our patients who are actually coming to our inpatient unit mm. at the hospice go back home mm. so
1: it's 60
2: concept and 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 yes we mostly provide that care at home because it's the best place to provide that care but it's also the most economic so in South Africa there is a huge opportunity for opening up and um, providing most, most
1: services at home, actually. Yeah. So when you talk about wanting to create partnerships, uh, what kind of partnerships, with who, and, and what would the role of those partners be in partnering with uh, yourselves as the HPCA?
2: So I think those partnerships are, you know, um, on a higher level is obviously with the National Department of Health, we have been always involved in working closely with them, and that's why HPCA contributed to the development of policy and framework um, for palliative care in South Africa. Now we're working a little bit closer on training all the physicians and all the healthcare workers in palliative care, because it's something that you have to receive a training, it's mm. a specialization, in other words. So... All our hospices, all our nurses, doctors, social workers, counsellors are trained specifically in palliative care. And we want to make sure that any institution who is providing that kind of care uh, needs to be trained. Mm. Uh, we also have um, a very elaborated uh, support system, um, which is called the accreditation process. When the hospices uh, go from star one to star five and then, inc- then can increase, um, the quality that they provide to patients and that is measured also by our m e system so we have a lot to offer in partnership with other organizations those could be hospitals, those could be our NGOs, that mm. could be, those could be frail um, um, facilities
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but we have all those tools and we do believe we do it the best because uh, apart from the knowledge and training and accreditation and measuring our care. People who are um, providing care hospices, they are really dedicated to that. Yeah. And we have been doing that for, for, you know, the last three decades. And if you ask anybody from hospice who provides that care, they really feel privileged that they can attend to people in that uh, difficult conditions. And uh, it's, it used to be a charity. Nowadays we're trying to find more sustainable ways of going forward but the ethos and the love and inspiration is there so anybody who is suffering from life-threatening condition or life-limiting condition should never hesitate to reach out to hospices, yeah, and start that care as soon as possible.
1: I'm still interested in uh, care at home being given to, you mm-hmm. know, pali- palliative care being given at home. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of training, uh, what happens? Do you have to train family members, or is is does one of your staff members literally end up having to move into someone's house? How exactly does that care work? So depending
2: on the patient's condition, we have a team, a multidisciplinary team that provides that care. So we have on our team a doctor, a medical doctor, a nurse, social worker, counselor, spiritual counsellors, and home-based care. And that team decides what is the plan uh, for caring for specific patients, how mm-hmm. many visits a week uh, they need from the doctor, how many visits they need from the nurse. And how many visits they need from psychologists, for instance. Mm-hmm. So we work as a team, and based on that plan, um, we attend to the client at home as as often as as we can. And as I mentioned, we um, we do involve family from the very beginning. Mm. So what is something that we um, uh, um, sign with? with the um, patient and the family at the very early stages is called advanced directive mm. which is a document that makes sure that the, all the wishes for the personal care, for the medical treatment and non-treatment are uh, written down. Yeah. So then uh, when the time comes and the difficulty comes, what decisions to make yeah. where the patient wants to be in the hospital or at home or IPU units, then um that is, that, make, that is making it easier for the family and for the patient.
1: At this point in the conversation, I want to invite uh, Nomsilo Cañilo to join us because Nomsilo Cañilo has been at hospice and uh, recovered and uh, went back home. Uh, Nomsilo, thank you so much, by the way, for joining the conversation. I know you've been listening to us uh, talking to Ava. What illness did you have and how did you end up consenting to go to a hospice?
0: Uh, I was diagnosed with a uh, CP spine, and uh, one of my neighbors sent me through to hospice,
1: uh, which is the Sundose Hospice. Hmm. Yes. And and how long were you at hospice for? I'm still with hospice even at the moment. You are still with hospice even yes, at the. They, so, are you receiving palliative care? Yes,
0: but I'm, while I'm at home, they come and they visit me.
1: Or oh, you are? They come and they visit you at home. Yes, every week. Every 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 week. And who visits you? Is it your doctor? No, it's uh, nurses from the hospice,
0: and uh, sometimes uh, it's the CEO from the umsunduzi Hospice.
1: Oh, the CEO comes in. Yes. It, it, I mean, we're having this conversation. How are you feeling, if you don't mind me asking? I'm much better. I'm much better. So, how did you end up making the decision, or the decision was it was it made for you to get into hospice?
0: No, one of my neighbors. Uh, just oh yes, told you me did. About, Yes, one of my neighbors told me about hospice and introduced me to one of the ladies that used to work there, and she came and she introduced me to hospice, and I liked the idea, and uh, I just joined from then. Okay.
1: Okay. I want to talk more with you and Ava when I come back about, um, you know, how members of your own family are helping to take care of you uh, while you are uh, under hospice care at home. And you say you are better compared to uh, what uh, you were when you started. We're talking uh, Hospice Week with the CEO of uh, Hospice Palliative Care Association and also Nomsile Kanyile, who you just heard, uh, is still currently receiving hospice care. At uh, home, we're going to continue the conversation with them. If you want to uh, join in the conversation, call on Joburg 011 2006 or WhatsApp on 061 410 4107, and we will continue the conversation in a short while.
0: Turning conventional wisdom on its head the viewpoint on SAFm
1: welcome back it's 22 minutes past nine you're listening to the viewpoint on SFM Kikommozozi I'm sitting in for songzo uh, and uh, we're talking uh, on our hashtag health on Monday uh, segment hospice week this year's hospice week is taking place from today uh, the third of May to the 10th of May and uh, the focus in the is on the role of partnerships in providing support and care for people with life-threatening illnesses and our guests. Ava uh, skovronsky and Nomsilo Kanyile Ava is the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association and Nomsilo is a patient uh, receiving palliative care at uh, home. And I want to uh, uh, come back to you, Nomsilo. Uh, let's talk about the role that the members of your family are having in your specific palliative care and what kind of training they got to help you on... With your daily needs,
0: uh, my family was very opening to the hospice people, and they agree with everything they're saying because they're actually helping me from the start, from early last year. So my family is just uh, uh, with me all the way.
1: They were trained, though, on what to do in terms of your caregiving.
0: Yes, yes, they were told uh, how to help me out because I'm, I'm even, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm even attending uh, physio and uh, even with the physio they tell them uh, how to help me and everything but now I am walking because before I wasn't walking at all so they they were told on how to help me to exercise and how to work with my daily needs.
1: Ava, mm-hmm. you said 60% of the people in uh, hospice um, end up in recovery If I understood you properly uh, how, how, how are you um, assessing those statistics uh, today in 2021 Compared to, let's say, 10 years ago Are we doing better in terms of our palliative and hospice care in South Africa Compared to, you know, 10, 20 years ago? is Ava still there? Um Ava we seem to have lost uh, um Ava. Um Nomsilo, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Let's talk about your road to recovery. Um you know, uh where are you on your road to recovery? Uh
0: at the moment I'm um, I'm walking but uh it's not like properly because I'm just losing a little bit of balance. The problem is with the balance now.
1: You, you walk with help.
0: Yes, I, I can walk like a short distance if I'm walking alone. But if I'm walking like a long distance, I need something to hold on to.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And 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 when you look at your own recovery, compared, you said you started at the beginning of last year. Yes, yes, yes. At I was
0: diagnosed that. Uh, in 2019
1: or oh, you were diagnosed in 2019 yes I started walking uh, early last year in terms of emotional support because I mean that 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 diagnosis must have uh, rattled and 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 shook your life what kind of emotional support did you get
0: uh, I got uh, a lot of uh, emotional support from them cause at some moments I thought that I will never walk again and they were very supportive in every way Every way possible.
1: Mm-hmm. So you were scared.
0: Yes, I was scared that I couldn't walk again. Yeah. Um, there is, uh, at the hospital. They told me if uh, something is wrong with your spine, it's like 90 percent that you will never walk again. So that thought always comes through. That thought always uh, came in through my mind that maybe I won't. I won't be able to walk again.
1: So, so now you're in the in the in the process of 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 walking again. Yes, yes, yes. I am walking. I'm walking. Now. Yes, short distances. You said. Yes. I, I wanted to. We've got you back, Ava. Um, yeah. Are you back? Yes, I am. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking about comparatively speaking, in terms of palliative care, referencing the fact that you had said, um, you know, sixty percent of the patients that end up in hospice and palliative care end up on the road to recovery. And I was talking, uh, looking at those statistics, and asking myself whether we're doing uh, progressively better or progressively worse. How would you gauge it?
2: So I don't think we can say uh, one way or the other. It depends when, at which point patients reach out to the hospice,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: obviously if it's towards the end of life, there is very little that we could do. But always, we can always help with dignified death. But the whole idea about palliative care is to reach out as soon as the diagnosis has been made, mm. and because of that, then we can do much more. And the patient might live many years in a good health still. Yeah. Um, when the pain is controlled and, and you know it also receives um, psychological, social, spiritual support, and it it, it is all about supportive system. Yeah. in a way.
1: It is all about the kind mm-hmm. of, 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 of support. So ultimately, who makes the call? The, the, the patient's doctor makes the call or the patient's family makes the call? So this is actually, we're working together with the family, uh, as I said at the very beginning,
2: when you prepare the document, uh, making sure that the patient has the say what would happen if the situation worsened. So we try to listen to this this document. The document obviously is um, in progress, so everything can change. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the hospice wishes are um, respected, but the family wishes as well. And if the patient dies at the end, we do provide the bereavement support to the family members and the loved ones uh, of the deceased patients so they can cope with their loss and integrate the death into into the patients constructively in their own lives. So we often actually stay with the families for a year um, once the
1: patient passes. So b- b- who who do you have the conversation of the worst-case scenario with? Uh, do you have the conversation of the worst-case scenario, for example, with the patient, if the patient is still alive? Do you say if the worst were to happen, what would you like? Or is that conversation only limited to the patient's family? No, no, no. This discussion is absolutely with everybody yeah. because we
2: want to make sure that the patient who is affected at the end is glad where, you know, uh, when he ends up towards the end. And often patients want to be at home mm. and don't want to be in ICU unit when there's a lot of procedures that could be done mm. that are not only helping patients, but are actually harmful. Yeah. And so they, th- this advanced directive document helps and guides everybody slowly at the beginning when there's not yet the crisis, how... We envision um, the end of life and it, it, palliative care is all about the quality of life, about the you know controlling pain controlling other symptoms yes. and that's supposed to be the, the pathos you know about what palliative care is and I think the, the sooner you start this conversation with uh, medical uh, professionals but also as with the family and the patient and explain everything.
1: then
2: the the better it comes.
1: Uh, We've got a couple of voice notes, and I suppose people are quite interested in how they get in touch with a hospice uh, Mm. because there's somebody who says, my sister's just done a hip operation and is struggling to walk. Uh, How Mm -hmm. do we reach out to uh, uh, a a hospice? Um, I don't know if a hip operation alone is is enough for a hospice, but I suppose it's a general question about how people uh, reach out to a hospice Is there like a toll-free number that they can call? So on our website, which is hpca.co.za, they
2: are all information. And you have all the list of the hospices. So depending where you you live, you could find the closest hospice to you. You could also uh, reach out and call us. And then mm. we will direct you and say which is the closest hospital to you. Yeah,
1: and of course, I'm assuming uh, uh, COVID nineteen hasn't made your work easy.
2: Not at all, obviously, because they, uh, you know, we have to protect our patients in IPU units, and so that's why um, the selection process who can stay in IPU was very stringent. But we, you know, we continue actually seeing patients at home during the pandemic. Yeah, we just. Um, Collected the teams who are working at IPU versus the teams working at home-based care, uh, just they don't mix, you know, with each other. And obviously we we use the PPE and all the precautions to make sure that we are not dangerous to the patients.
1: Yeah. Listen, I mean, this was an eye-opener even for me. And uh, thank you for uh, teaching us and uh, giving us all uh, the information that uh, we, uh, uh, we needed uh, to learn from. And I hope that uh, the partnerships that you see come to pass, uh, particularly the, part, the partnership uh, that uh, you referenced, uh, that you say government has to be your greatest uh, partner. But I thank you so much, Ava. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, the uh, The website is uh, hhpca.co.za, as you heard, and there will be a list of uh, the hospices that are near you. Let me also take the time to say goodbye to Nomsilo. Nomsilo, are you still there? Yes,
0: I'm
1: still here. So where to from here for you? Um, first of all,
0: just to recover fully and uh just to pursue my dreams, and I don't know what I can think um, of Hospice. What well, I, I take them as my second family from now on. Even when I'm well, I'll always go, and because uh, I appreciate everything they've done for me.
1: Listen, all the best, and I hope those dreams that you talked about, I hope every single one of them comes true. And thank you so much for your enthusiasm, and uh, thank you for giving hope to anybody who's listening and is worried about what hospice care uh, implies for them. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Nomsilo uh, Kainile is in hospice care, as uh, you heard. We end it here. Uh, later on would be uh, Patricia Nduli with Late Night Conversations. Uh, Phineas Ndoba is technical producer. uh Mangwanyane is uh, the producer. I'm back again uh, tomorrow. Thank you so much. News comes up with Zoleka uh, Kodashe at uh, 10 o'clock sharp. And uh, don't forget... Uh, We are going to book reading and a soapy straight after that.